0: thank you so very much for joining me right here on Off The Script. This is your Monday Night Raw post show for May 16th, 2022. I am your host, JD, from New York, as always, coming to you from the beautiful OTS venue. Thank you guys so very much for joining me on your Monday nights, wherever you may be. If there's anybody in the chat that doesn't agree with what you just saw, and that clip... From Tony Khan, you may be the biggest fucking idiot that I've seen in the community, man. The man spoke nothing but facts there. And as soon as I saw that clip on Twitter, I had to put it in the show tonight because every bit of it rings true. Not because I'm a Tony Khan cocksucker or I'm a dick rider or I'm on the AEW payroll. Everything that the man said genuinely is true. WWE is so fucked up that it's either their way or the highway, man. They have so many great minds in and around the company, working with the company on that roster, competing actively every single week. And WWE just ignores everything else because of two men, Vince McMahon and Bruce Prichard. Everything that happened on tonight's show is inconsequential. Nothing about tonight's show is anything new to anybody. Becky Lynch, more bullshit. Asuka, another boring main event match with Asuka, just like it was last week with Bianca Belair. Becky Lynch and Asuka maybe got double the amount of time that Bianca Belair got last week with Asuka on Monday night in the main event. Cody Rhodes... He challenged Seth Rollins to a Hell in a Cell match. I mean, if you are watching the show on a weekly basis, which at this point, I don't know why you would willingly. If you're not doing what I'm doing, I don't know why the fuck you guys are wasting time watching this shit. Cody Rhodes challenged Seth Rollins to a Hell in a Cell match. We expected that. Edge wants more members in Judgment Day. Ali gets buried again. Austin Theory and Ali had a match tonight with The Miz as special guest referee Again. Sonia Deville and Alexa Bliss again, more Lacey Evans again, Kevin Owens and Ezekiel again, which is going nowhere. Basically, whatever Tony Khan said in the opening clip rings true every single week. It seems like and it looks like the script was really abandoned before the show went on the air tonight. We might as well jump right into it, man. Everybody wants to know what's going on with Sasha Banks. They're already predicting her demise in WWE and are already making all elite graphics for Sasha Banks, which I find utterly ridiculous. Sasha Banks is not going anywhere. She has a contract with WWE. It is up until when she has no contract that she will explore options elsewhere. Whether she wants to go do AEW, whether she wants to go wrestle in Japan, whether she wants to go straight to Hollywood, which I assume is going to be a thing for her anyway after her wrestling career is over, Sasha Banks has the world by the balls. The woman can do whatever the fuck she wants to do. And I'm going to support her every bit of the way because she has been one of the more real, real people in in, in pro wrestling, in and around WWE. And every story that you hear come out about Sasha Banks and how much she legitimately cares for the division, for the title, how she takes everything that she does and centers it around being important. It doesn't matter to her if she loses or if she drops a title or puts someone over. She wants to make everything feel relevant and important. She wants everything that she does to build upon the legacy of the women's division, not just for herself, but for the overall women's division, if you haven't gotten the gist of that and whatever she's done, then I don't know if you are paying attention legitimately to the words that come out of that woman's mouth. It was reported tonight that Sasha Banks and Naomi walked out of Monday Night Raw. Now, I've seen some people saying this was a work. This is not a work. This is not a work, people. This is not a work at all. Sasha Banks and Naomi walked out of Monday Night Raw after a meeting with Vince McMahon about the creative direction of what was going to be a six-pack challenge match tonight that included both of them, Doe Drop, Nikki Trash, Asuka, and Becky Lynch. The winner of this six-pack challenge would go on to wrestle Bianca Belair at the Hell in a Cell pay-per-view where the Monday Night Raw Women's Championship would be on the line. It was noted online... By Sean Ross at PW Insider, there was uh, a bunch of different people reporting what was going on, that this six-pack challenge was supposed to be in the main event. And if you guys watch Monday Night Raw, they even announced a six-pack challenge as the show went on the air right at the top of the hour, right before we got Bobby Lashley and Omos in a steel cage match to open the show. Less than an hour later, it was announced that the match was changed to Becky Lynch versus Asuka one-on-one And it was said that Naomi and Banks packed their bags and left the building. PW Insider is reporting that the word going around backstage is that Banks took issue with what was the planned six-pack challenge match. And she met with Vince McMahon to voice her concerns over the creative direction of this match. The belief amongst those backstage is that when McMahon stuck with his original plan, Banks did not back down, and she made the decision to leave the building. Naomi left the building with her. The backstage segment with Lynch and Adam Pearce was quickly put together that you guys watched on Monday Night Raw tonight to explain the change in the match. Then it was reported. Now, this is where the stuff comes in that really gets juicy. It was then reported. Let me pull up. First of all, let me pull up. Let me pull let me go to my Twitter account first. And I want to pull up this next piece of uh, information I'm going to read to you. First of all, we got that match with Becky and Oscar, right? That segment with Adam Pearce was planned. Then we got more news about why they left the building. You're not going to believe this shit. You are not going to believe the fucking ridiculous story that I'm about to read to you. PW Insider is reporting that the original plan For the main event was for Naomi to win the six-pack challenge. Naomi was going to go on and wrestle Bianca Belair at the Hell in a Cell pay-per-view for the Raw Women's Championship. Fine. I don't have any problem with that match. I don't have any problem with WWE making that match happen. I've praised Naomi for most of this year. I think she's done the best work of her career in this year alone. Now, this was before she teamed with Sasha Banks. I thought the matches she had with Charlotte Flair were were great. They were some of the best that Charlotte's put on for sure, and they were absolutely the best of Naomi's career. I even pitched for Naomi to win the Royal Rumble and go on to WrestleMania and win the SmackDown Women's Championship and beat Charlotte Flair. But WWE, obviously, Naomi is not Ronda Rousey, and they went with that bullshit match, and that stunk up the entire joint at, uh, at WrestleMania 38. So I'm big on Naomi as well. Not as big as Sasha Banks, but I am big on Naomi as well. Naomi was supposed to win the match. Vince booked Sasha Banks to take the losing fall, I believe, in this match. It was reported that Banks was supposed to take a losing fall in this match from Naomi. Now, why would you go and do that? Why would you go and do that when they are the WWE Women's Tag Team Champions? First of all, why are they even on this show? Why are they on this show if they're not in a tag team title match? The rules for the tag team titles are you can float between brand to brand as long as you have... Competitors to, def- to defend those championships against. This was not a tag team match. So, why are you using, first of all, Naomi and Sasha Banks when you have an entire division of women on Monday Night Raw that you could have plugged into this match? You'd only needed two, right? You had Becky, you had Oscar, you had Doe Drop, and you had Nikki Ash. Why couldn't you put Alexa Bliss in there? Why couldn't you put Sonya DeVille? in that match that would have saved everybody the fucking headache and would have kept sasha banks and naomi home and then they would have shown up to work on friday see this is what i don't understand this is what i don't get you already have a roster full of women on monday night but you opt to use sasha banks and naomi why rhea ripley's available as well right Or what about Lacey Evans? When is she going to step foot in the ring? I can barely listen to the fucking woman speak anymore. I can't take it anymore. Get her in the ring or get her off television. And get a microphone away from her because she's fucking terrible. But you needed Naomi and Sasha. Secondly, they they are the WWE Women's Tag Team Champions that are a part of SmackDown. Both Sasha and Naomi are SmackDown superstars. Are you ready to split them up already? Because if you pin Sasha Banks and have Naomi get the winning pinfall over Sasha Sasha Banks, then that's going to start speculation that you're about to break them up and they really haven't done jack shit with those championships since they won them. That's the fucking problem. That is your problem right there. Well, why did they walk out? Because you once again... And Sasha Banks is in this shit again as a woman tag team champion with Naomi. You're treating the titles like fucking garbage. You ask Sasha Banks and Naomi to bring some sort of relevancy to the women's tag team division, which right now, let's be honest, there is no fucking division. The titles are absolutely fucking worthless. You're asking Sasha Banks and Naomi to bring prestige and honor and... and a level of of just importance to these championships, and you go and fuck them over again? You go and fuck over Sasha Banks again as tag team champion. You don't fucking learn from your lesson the first time this shit happened when you took the belts off of them to put them on the fucking Iconics. I don't get it. That's why Sasha Banks walked out for six fucking months. Nobody learns their fucking lesson, man. Sasha Banks is a goddamn fucking punching bag at this point. This woman should be on top of the fucking division, man. Never mind Bianca Belair. Never mind Becky Lynch. Never mind Oscar. Never mind fucking Ronda Rousey. Sasha Banks should be at a higher level than where she is right now. You've bestowed this tag team division upon her and you've done nothing to show her that she's important or those titles that they are important. Vince wanted Naomi to pin Sasha. Don't you think that she'd have a problem with that? You're asking her to do one thing and then you're booking the titles and her and her team to look like shit. So essentially Naomi walks out Sasha walks out, Naomi joins her. Naomi hurt herself because she supported Sasha Banks because they both believed in the same fucking thing. WWE was forced to change the main event to Becky Lynch versus Oscar, which fucking sucked. And Sasha Banks and Naomi walked out of the building. During the show, Corey Graves stated that Banks and Naomi's decision to leave the building was quote-unquote unprofessional The plans for the six-pack challenge were scrapped, like I said, and the singles match with Asuka and Becky Lynch replaced the six-pack challenge in the main event. Then this fucking gem came out. After all this news was breaking, Sasha Banks, upon walking out, apparently people were diving into her Twitter account, she unfollowed WWE accounts all over Twitter. So we got PW Insider reporting that... Sasha Banks unfollowed Vince McMahon and several other WWE talents on social media. Now, I don't know what that means. She just might be angry. I don't know if I'm going to look into that and say, oh, my God. You know, she's going to go follow AEW. She's going to go follow Tony Khan. She wants to be all elite. Sasha Banks unfollowed Vince McMahon on social media. Sasha Banks followed, uh, unfollowed WWE's official account, and she unfollowed a couple of other talents in the company. I'm not going to really look too much into that, but that was floating around out there as well, and I'll keep a close eye on that and monitor that situation. Then WWE, this is the kicker, they release an official statement. WWE released an official statement on why Sasha Banks and Naomi walked out of the show. Now, this is courtesy of Fightful. When Sasha Banks and Naomi arrived at the arena this afternoon, they were informed of their participation in the main event of tonight's Monday Night Raw. During the broadcast, they walked into WWE head of talent relations office, John Laurinaitis, with their suitcases in hand, placed their tag team championship belts on his desk and walked out. They claimed they weren't respected enough as tag team champions, and even though they had eight hours to rehearse and construct their match, They claimed they were uncomfortable in the ring with two of their opponents, which I don't have names of, but if I was to assume who they're talking about, it's DoDrop and Nikki Ash. Even though they had a tag team match with DoDrop and Nikki Ash, I believe, last week they had a tag team match. Monday Night Raw is a scripted live television show, whose characters are expected to perform the requirements of their contract. We regret we were unable to deliver as advertised tonight's main event. Now, I find that this is a WWE statement. I don't know if I believe that at all. I don't know if Sasha and Naomi feel that way because they were just in the ring with Nikki Ash and DoDrop last week in a tag team match. But WWE coming up with a statement and saying that Sasha and Naomi had eight hours to rehearse, and then they claim that they were uncomfortable in the ring with two of their opponents, I call bullshit on all of that. I just think that's WWE covering up the real fucking story of what really transpired, and they're looking to place blame on Sasha and Naomi, and I don't think that's what happened whatsoever. I don't believe that for a single solitary fucking second. This is some major shit. And this is not the first time that Sasha Banks walked out of WWE and was pissed off with the creative direction of her character or a championship she's holding, a storyline that she's in, or just the overall disrespect that the women's division has been given over the better part of two fucking years now. Sasha Banks deserves better. Naomi deserves better. The women's division deserves better. It is fucking horrendous. Every single week, we get the same fucking shit. SmackDown is utterly disgusting with what they're doing with the women's division, man. It's Ronda and nobody else until Bayley comes back. Charlotte's getting married with Andrade. You have nobody else over there. But Bailey waiting to come back when the time is right for that match with Ronda Rousey. On Monday Night Raw, it's Bianca and Becky, and we all know that Becky has fucking stunk up the joint. Her character work as a heel is beyond atrocious. It is fucking awful. And she looks equally as ridiculous every single week she comes out. This is a big this is a big deal. And I'm not going to sit here and tell you, oh, Sasha Banks was unprofessional. Oh, I'm not going to sit here and tell you, oh, my God, J.D., how could you stand up for someone walking out of their, their, their contract and walking off their show? They're supposed to listen to Korea. I'm not here to defend WWE. I'll defend them when they fucking deserve it. I'm not here to credit them. I'll give them their fucking just desserts when they fucking deserve it. You know what I'm with? I'm with Sasha and I stand with Sasha because shit creative and fucking bullshit should not be supported. That's my deal and that's what I've always been about. I'm not about to sit here and fucking blast this woman on my show in front of 38 fucking hundred people. I'm not about to do that. Nobody should stand for shit creative. If you aren't with Sasha Banks on this shit, I don't know what the fuck you're doing here. Good. Good. It's about time somebody has the fucking balls to stand up to bullshit fucking creative it's about time somebody has the honor and the fucking respect in themselves to walk away from obviously terrible creative and call these fucking people out when nothing is going right i don't understand how you could sit there and call her unprofessional or a bullshit artist and claim that you're not a fan and you're not gonna watch give me a break Give me a fucking break. WWE got exactly what they deserve. And this is not the fucking first time. And it's not going to be the last time this shit happens. This is why I say you want people like MJF to come over here, man. You honestly trust these fucking people to do anything. I don't even trust them with fucking Cody. Cody right now is being booked perfect. You think that's going to fucking last? You can't trust these people. They think they know better than anybody, man. And the shows don't reflect that. Sasha Banks deserves all the credit in the world because this woman has had to put up with so much bullshit, not only in the first go around when she walked away, with all the bullshit that she was given then. But now look at what you're doing, man. The, 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 The division is worse now than when she first walked out. No wonder the fucking woman walked away. I don't blame her for a single solitary second. Why did she walk out, J.D.? Why did she walk out? Do you understand the fucking honor and the prestige that this woman wants to bring to the fucking championship that she holds, to the division that she's a part of? She probably walked out and said, well, why is Naomi getting a championship match? And why is Naomi pinning me when we're the tag team champions? Why the fuck are we even here? Why are we in this match? She asked all these questions. No, 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 no. It's this way and that's it. Nobody has any other say. Nobody has any other say in the matter. It's either Vince, Bruce, or no way at all. They were put in a match. Sasha was put in a match that she was never going to win anyway. So why is she there? And why are you devaluing Sasha with another loss, unnecessary loss? And why are you devaluing the women's championship when they hold no value right now, currently as they stand? All of this materialized into what you heard tonight and Sasha Banks walked out. Do you fucking blame her? It's the same shit I cry about every single fucking week. Why are champions losing on fucking television? You think that woman takes that lightly? I know she doesn't. I know she doesn't. I don't blame her for a single fucking second as to why she walked out. Good for fucking her. Good. It's about, some, it's about, it's about time. Somebody. Somebody had the balls to stand up to this maniacal fucking scumbag, Vince McMahon. Dementia isn't even good enough for Vince McMahon. Seriously. Holy shit. I will have more on this as we get more information that comes in about it. She'll be back to work. Where's she going to go? Where's she going to go? She's got to honor her contract. She can't sit out. But the woman doesn't need WWE. This is the fucking thing. She knows what she's worth. She knows what she could bring the division. Is WWE treating Sasha Banks right? Is she? Do you think Sasha Banks thinks that the WWE is using her to the utmost value that she possesses? Fuck no. Fuck no. She knows that. She knows beyond a shadow of a doubt that she does not need WWE. She don't need WWE. This woman could go to Hollywood tomorrow and star in anything she wants. One of the most beautiful women on the entire planet. She can go anywhere she wants and go to Hollywood and make millions. She don't need WWE. She don't need WWE at all. And I'm sure if she still wants to wrestle Tony Khan, man, if all this MJF news is legit, my God, man, Sasha Banks walking into AEW's women's division. Holy shit. Don't you think? Don't you think that she'd entertain that? All? I know she would. I absolutely know she would, man. Cuz you know what? Tony Khan will treat her fucking right. And she'd be number 1 as soon as she steps a fucking pinky toe into that building. She knows this beyond a fact. WWE does not appreciate Sasha Banks. The only people that they appreciate are the fucking people making their money, and then they turn around and fucking laugh at us and treat all of our favorites as fucking shit. That's what they do. They don't give a fuck. They know they're making hand over fist billions, and the writing on the shows don't reflect what they are making. The ratings don't reflect what they are making. They reflect how bad the fucking shows are. That's why nobody's fucking watching. This shit sucks. And WWE should be fucking ashamed of themselves. I don't blame Sasha Banks at all for walking away from this utter complete dog shit of a show. That's my rant. You guys want more? I'll find out what's going on, just like everybody else. And I'll report it this week on an extra when the information becomes available. Thank you guys so very much for joining me. Man, it's fucking hot. I got the air conditioner pumping in here, man. I'm fucking dying. Holy shit. Thank you guys so much for joining me on your Monday nights, wherever you may be, man. We got 4,000 in the venue. This is what I like to see. You're in for a wild ride tonight, man. Thank you guys so much for joining me on this Monday Night Raw Post Show. Right here on OTS. Today, sponsored by Audible. AudibleTrial.com slash OffTheScripts. Make sure you guys go get your free audiobook. And 30 days free of their service. Once again, thank you to Audible for sponsoring the show. Follow me on social media at JD for NY206. Make sure you guys also go and hit that subscribe button down below. We are almost there, man. 133,000 subscribers. We're almost there. Continue to hit that subscribe button and join the legions of OTS fans. Also, hit that, that join button, man. Become a VIP. You guys get to sit right back there with me. It's a great place to be, man. Drinks are flowing all night. The waitress comes over. She gives you a cold beverage. And you all talk amongst yourselves. While you guys can show off in the chat your status. Those green green names in the chat, man. Those are all my VIPs. Those little microphones next to their name. They show off their VIP status. Six different colors. Make sure you guys go and get yours today. Hit that join button. You guys get those exclusive OTS emojis as well. Get those Super Chats in. We'll hang out at the end of the show with our cold beverages and read through all of your Sasha Banks takes. Let me know what you guys think of all of this Sasha Banks news. Go check out all the other videos that you might have missed on the channel. Tons of it. we got a brand new week of content starting tonight, and we're starting off hot, which I love, man. And tomorrow night, man, we will be live with some WWE 2K22, no NXT. More gaming tomorrow night on the main channel, and I appreciate you guys hanging out with me. As always, man, we love everything about pro wrestling here on the channel. We call it out when it's good, and we call it out when it's bad, man. That's why people are here. Let's go over Monday Night Raw. Let's talk about the bullshit show that was tonight's on Raw. We got a steel cage match to open the show. This was Bobby Lashley and Omas to open the show. Don't know why this needed to be inside a steel cage, but here we are. MVP managed to get into the ring and hype up Omas. Nobody believes a fucking word out of his mouth. So he's there, and MVP said, We are living in the age of the Nigerian giant, Omas, And he would brutalize Bobby Lashley. Blah, blah, blah. Blah, blah, blah. Listen, I appreciate MVP. I thought he did great things with Bobby Lashley. But let's be real. Him working with Omas is going nowhere. And MVP, though he's trying his little heart out, and he's limping to the ring every fucking week on his goddamn cane, he's never going to get Omas over to a point where Omas is taken seriously. I truly believe, and I know I'm not alone in this, Omos has already hit his peak in WWE, and this is the best that you're going to get. He's never going to be world champion. He's never going to do anything outside of what he's doing now. This guy is a complete fucking fumbling waste of time. And nobody's interested in this fucking feud. Bobby Lashley, I am assuming, said, I don't want to continue this three more weeks. Let's blow this shit off inside a steel cage match and get this shit over with. And please move me on to something else because I can't stand being in this ring with this fumbling fucking giant. Cedric Alexander, he attacked Bobby Lashley after his ring entrance. You know, because the steel cage is supposed to keep people out. So yes, let's attack before the match and before these guys get into the steel cage. So Cedric attacked Bobby Lashley from behind during his entrance, and Omos joined in. It was a two-on-one attack. Lashley fought back, and then they had to be separated by hundreds of officials it looked like. Everybody was out there from the back. Dozens of officials were out there, and fans were cheering for Lashley, and we go to commercial break before these guys even get into the steel cage, and we hear the bell ring. So we come back from commercial break. MVP is out there patrolling around the steel cage. He managed to hit Lashley with his cane through the steel cage, through one of the holes in the steel cage. And this was a couple of times early in the match to give Omos an advantage. He tried it again, but Lashley grabbed his arm through the opening and yanked him into the cage. Lashley then speared Omos, and he went for a near fall. This was about three minutes, halfway into the match. His match only went eight minutes. He speared Omos, and he got a near fall off the spear. So Cedric Alexander ran back down, and climbed up the top of the cage from the outside. But Lashley slammed him off of the top and he fell into the ring. He took a big bump into the ring. He's got another fucking phone call coming to him as well, Cedric. When the time is right from Johnny Ace, Florinitis, he's got another phone call coming, no doubt about it. So Alexander is in the ring now. Lashley tried a high cross, but Omas caught him, chucked him into the side of the cage Omos then slammed Lashley into the other side of the cage. And this is where the end of the match happened. Omos throws Lashley into one of the side panels of the steel cage. The panel breaks. It falls to the outside. Lashley is laying on the destroyed panel, now laying on the outside. And Lashley rolls off the steel cage panel. His feet touch the floor. And Bobby Lashley wins the steel cage match and beats Omos in about eight minutes, in a very, very lame finish for a steel cage match. WWE, I truly believe, has a phobia of booking legit outcomes, man. They have a phobia of booking winner and loser. It's always got to end in a fuck finish. They had three DQs last week on Monday Night Raw, and then tonight, they book a fuck finish inside a steel cage match. I swear to God, this is legit. They booked a fuck finish inside of a steel cage match because they need to protect Omos. The rules of a steel cage match are pin or submission, or you climb up the cage and go over the top with both feet hitting the floor. Bobby Lashley did not win by pinfall submission, and he did not go over the top rope with both feet hitting the ground. He went through the cage with both feet hitting the the ground, and WWE awarded him the win in this steel cage match. Fucking lame. But this is WWE. I don't expect anything but bullshit. Absolutely a waste of time. They made this seem like a big deal. They pumped in fucking fake crowd noise. They tried to make this a little bit more exciting than it really should be, and it got a lame duck finish to boot. Typical WWE, typical Bruce, typical Vince. And and then you want to know why Sasha Banks walked away and walked out of the fucking building tonight. If this was any indication of what the show was going to be, I don't blame the woman at all. Mustafa Ali. We were getting a Mustafa Ali and Austin Theory match. Before that could happen, Theory grabbed a microphone and wanted to say something in regards to Mr. Ali. Ali. So he talks about giving him a United States championship match. And he said he can't let the match take place without a referee he can trust. So he brings out The Miz again. We saw The Miz in a match, special referee last week in a match with Ali and Champa. And The Miz fucked over Mustafa Ali. So Miz is out there and asked Theory if he was ready. Theory then said, you know, I'm not sure. It doesn't feel right that Mustafa Ali lost and failed your way into a match with the champion. But WWE does this on a normal basis. Losers losers get rewarded with championship matches all the time. So what's the difference if Ali gets a championship match? That's just following WWE protocol. If Ali lost and gets a championship match, right? He said the first lesson he ever learned from Mr. McMahon was to expect the unexpected. Theory then tells Ali that he is not Ali's opponent. It's Veer Mahan. So we got Veer Mahan and Mustafa Ali in about four minutes. Now, this wasn't a squash... But it definitely felt like a squash. I had people arguing with me on social media. J, "Dude, this wasn't a squash. I don't know what the fuck you geeks were watching, but I know you completely missed the last 30 seconds of this fucking match. That's a squash by all accounts, in my personal and professional opinion. So we got Veer Mahan here. And Ali went after Veer at the bell with a flying drop kick. He stunned the big man Veer came right back with a flying body press. Veer cut off an attempted comeback with a, a big boot right to Ali's face. Theory was outside cheering on Veer Mahan. Of course, he was. Veer stomped Ali and landed a leaping big elbow right to the chest. Ali fired back with a couple of super kicks. Theory tripped up Ali, running the ropes. Miz didn't react to the interference at all. Of course, he didn't. So Ali ducked a charging Veer. Knocked him out to the floor. He was about to set up for a dive over the top rope. But as he was running the ropes and getting a, a nice little momentum underneath them, Miz, the special guest referee, stood in his way as he was about to jump over the top rope. So Ali put on the brakes and started arguing with the Miz because the Miz got in his way of his dive. So Ali accused the Miz of screwing him up. Miz insisted Ali respect him, and he shoved Ali down to the mat. Veer then surprised Ali with a clothesline, followed by that cervical clutch that he does, and Ali tapped out. Ali taps out in four minutes, and Veer gets another victory over a jobber on Monday Night Raw. Afterwards, Theory took a selfie of himself with Veer in the background, applying the clutch on Ali. So he applied the clutch a second time. Theory came over and started snapping some selfies with himself in the picture with Veer doing the clutch. And then Miz comes over excited like a fucking kid in a candy store. What about me? What about me? And he goes and stands behind Veer, who's continuing the clutch on Ali with Theory snapping pictures with all four of them. That's not a burial. That's not a burial to you guys. That looks like a fucking burial to me. It sounds like a burial. It looks like a burial. It smells like a burial of Ali. But I got to hear the check marks. Tell everybody that Ali has plans on Monday Night Raw, that Vince and Bruce have plans for Ali on Monday Night Raw. I said this from day fucking one. Day one. I said the plan is and was to bury Ali and embarrass Ali. That's exactly what they continue to do every single week. But then I got geeks telling me, oh, he's feuding with The Miz. Oh, he's feuding with Austin Theory. Oh, he's feuding with Shampa." So what? So what? If it walks, if it talks, if it fucking breathes, they're going to put it in the ring with Ali, and they're going to embarrass Ali. Simple. Doesn't matter who the fuck he's feuding with. He's not winning the United States Championship, and if he does, who gives a shit? Theory's done nothing with the United States Championship to make it important or relevant at all. And if he wins the title, he's automatically inheriting a dead title. Ali doesn't get any reaction for three weeks in a row now. Ever since he's come back, four weeks in a row, he's gotten nothing but indifference. This guy is about to get a phone call from John Laurinaitis to say we wish you well. In your future endeavors, we're granting you your release because now we had fun with you and now we're bored. It's exactly what's coming. After all this was over, Ray and Dominic Mysterio ran out and they tried to chase off Veer and they attacked Veer and Ray did a senton. on. Veer threw a fit. So clearly they're about to book this match at Hell in a Cell. Ray Mysterio's back, Dominic's back, and they're probably going to book Ray versus Veer at the Hell in a Cell. Pay-per-view. Why was Rey Mysterio out? He was out getting stem cell treatment. That's why he was gone for the weeks leading up to Hell in a Cell. Backstage, we got Becky Lynch telling Adam Pearce that the match cannot happen. The six-pack challenge cannot happen. She said she just saw Sasha and Naomi take their bags and leave the building. This was, we didn't really know then, but then we got word that this was all a shoot. She said she hasn't had a rematch with Bianca Belair yet after being the greatest Raw Women's Champion who ever lived. My little hobbitses! My precious Becky Lynch. Awful. She said she could just be named the number one contender and she could have the night off. Adam Pearce said Becky will face Oscar one-on-one and whoever wins will face Belair for the championship at Hell in a Cell. It is now official. So then we got the announcers reacting to this title change or this uh, this championship uh, contenders match, the six-pack challenge, whatever the fuck you want to call it. The announcers reacted to it, and Corey Graves claimed that Sasha Banks and Naomi are unprofessional and walked out of the building. I didn't know what was going on at this point, but uh, clearly Corey Graves is being fed lines to say in his headset, and the term unprofessional was the one that they chose to use on this night to describe Sasha Banks and Naomi walking away. It's ridiculous. Another rematch here, folks. Riddle versus Jimmy Uso. WWE supposedly, supposedly unifying the tag team division and the tag team titles on SmackDown on Friday night. I call bullshit on that. I won't believe it until we get a ding, 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 and we get these two teams in the ring in the main event on Friday night. And even then, I don't think the titles will be unified on Friday night. I said this not only on Friday night's post-show on SmackDown, but I said it again last night on Off the Script 430. If you guys want to go check that out, it was two and a half hours long. Great show. We talked about MJF. We talked about the Money in the Bank concept change. We talked about the Usos and the RK Bro unification match. I don't think that the, that the titles will be unified on Friday. I said, well, Cody Rhodes is the main star now advertised for Hell in a Cell. Roman Reigns is off the show. He's not going to be there. He's not defending the Unified World Championship at Hell in a Cell. Cody and Seth Rollins will be the star attraction at that show, inside Hell in a Cell. But what about the Usos and RK-Bro? You need a main event, and you need a big championship main event, if that. Cody Rhodes and Seth Rollins could could easily main event the show if they want but it needs to have a bigger feel for a main event there's no championship on the line I said if WWE is going to unify the tag team titles on Friday I expect 100% a fuck finish in that match whether it's Sami Zayn whether it's Roman Reigns whether it's something I don't think we're getting a unified tag team championship at Smackdown on Friday I think WWE is going to turn around and do the same match again at the Hell in a Cell pay-per-view, inside Hell in a Cell, it will be Usos and RK-Bro, and then the titles will change hands, change hands on the pay-per-view. That's what I think is going to happen. So we got Riddle versus Jimmy Uso. Matt Riddle has beaten the Usos in a variety of different matches. He's beaten Jimmy and Jay countless times already, leading up to this big unification match. And it happened again here tonight. So Jimmy drove Riddle into the steel steps. He gained control early in this match. Riddle started to fight back. He fought back with a Pele kick, some forearms, a big exploder suplex. Jimmy got his knees up off of a Broton off the top rope. Jimmy followed up with a pop-up and drop for a near fall. Jimmy blocked an RKO attempt by Riddle off the top before Riddle got his knees up on a splash. Jimmy distracted the referee, which then allowed Jay to knock Riddle off the top row. Jay tried to assist Jimmy in making a cover, but the referee caught him and kicked him out of the ringside area, sent him to the back. Riddle then rolled up Jimmy for a quick one, two, three, and he beats Jimmy Uso again. Matt Riddle beats the Usos every single time he's in there. And I said this on a couple of different occasions. Even when we saw this happen the first couple of times, we're still getting it because WWE doesn't have any other fucking tag teams to build around these two teams to have this match lead into the pay-per-view. This is what WWE does. They take all of these men in these, in these tag teams. They take Jimmy and Jey Uso. They take Randy Orton and Matt Riddle. And they put them in fucking singles matches. They put them in singles matches to build the tag team feud. And then we get the tag team match, whether it's a big episode of SmackDown or Raw, or it's happening at the pay-per-view. I don't get it. And then people want to know, well, J.D., why do you want the tag team titles unified? This is why. There is no tag team division. Why are we operating with two sets of tag team championships? It makes no sense whatsoever. There's no fucking division. Now, with Matt Riddle beating Jimmy and Jay Uso countless fucking times over the last month and a half there is absolutely no fucking way that Matt Riddle and Randy Orton walk out of Hell in a Cell or Friday Night Smackdown whenever it fucking happens with the tag team championships there is no way RK bro are becoming the unified tag team champions with the amount of times the Usos have lost to RK bro it's not gonna happen It's not gonna happen if WWE's vision is to build Roman Reigns as the greatest of all time and the bloodline is the greatest faction of all time they are going to do anything possible anything necessary to make sure that happens the Usos are not losing the unified tag team championship match whether it happens on Friday or whether it happens at the pay-per-view at Hell in a Cell Liv Morgan she was interviewed by Kevin Patrick and Kevin Patrick asked about Rhea Ripley. And if Liv Morgan was going to get the opportunity to get back at her, you're going to let Rhea Ripley get away with what she did to you. Morgan says she never gives up on a fight. So Angel and Humberto Carrillo walked in. I don't know why. They're another SmackDown team. She was magically showing up on Monday Night Raw. Still a brand split, in effect. And we got... SmackDown superstars showing up on Monday Night Raw with no rhyme or reason, no explanation, nothing. Nothing for the viewer to really hook onto. They're just there. So they wanted to feature her on the Kiss Cam. They wanted to feature Liv Morgan on the Kiss Cam. Now, I don't blame them at all, but Liv obviously said no. AJ Styles and Finn Balor jumped in and saved the day here. Styles called them both creepy and told them to leave. We'll see you guys later. So I'm assuming we were going to get a match with these four men. Balor comes in and asks Morgan to join them at ringside tonight against Los Lotharios. She, She seemed unsure, and she said that she'd have to think about it. I said last week, let's get them inside Hell in a Cell. Rhea Ripley, Edge, and Damian Priest versus Liv Morgan. AJ Styles and Finn Balor. If it's not Hell in a Cell match, you could do a Tornado tag team match. I'd love to see it. Maybe we get it at Hell in a Cell. I don't know. But a six-person tag team match is seemingly on the horizon. So we got a Judgment Day segment that followed. And we got another Judgment Day vignette or a promo by Edge, Rhea Ripley, and Damian Priest. So... They were backstage in this spooky setting. Obviously, Edge is still saying his throne. Rhea Ripley was in a full suit. Priest said everyone should rise and show respect to Judgment Day. He said anyone who steps up to them will face nothing but punishment. Priest went into this very cartoonish-like laughter. I don't really mind it, but it did sound kind of cartoonish. Ripley said... They are done being everything the fans wanted them to be. Again, I, I'm, I'm failing to comprehend what the fans and why the fans are being blamed here and what the fans did to Rhea Ripley. What did the fans do to Rhea Ripley that was so fucking bad that made her turn bad and made her turn evil? This is the fucking bullshit that WWE gives this woman to go out there and say and have the fans digest on a weekly basis. Rhea Ripley says she's done being everything the fans wanted her to be. What did we want her to be? We wanted her to be the next big thing in the women's division on Monday night. Meanwhile, WWE buried her against Charlotte Flair. Meanwhile, WWE called her up without any rhyme or reason and put her in a fucking main event match with Asuka in Tampa at WrestleMania 37. She won the championship undeservedly without winning a fucking match on the main roster. Buried by Charlotte. She got put in a fucking tag team by Nikki, with Nikki Ash and went on to win tag team championships. They did nothing with the tag team championships for weeks until the team broke up. Then WWE put her in another tag team with Liv Morgan. Are the fans to blame for that? Or is Bruce Prichard and Vince McMahon to blame for that? You, you are beloved by the fan base. Vince McMahon wanted you to be something. You should take issue with management as to why you aren't where you are. It doesn't make any sense to me. That's all you have to say. But WWE will never put management in any of the verbiage here because they don't want management to look bad. Even though it doesn't make any sense with the fans, WWE would rather it make, not make any sense and not mention themselves as the reason why Rhea Ripley is where she is right now and why everybody resented Rhea Ripley. It's not the fucking fans' fault. It's not Rhea Ripley's fault. It's WWE's fault. She said there is nothing holding her back now. Really. Do you honestly, do you honestly understand who you're working for? Nothing is holding you back now. Edge cannot save you. From Bruce Pritchett and Vince McMahon, Edge cannot save you. Now it's time to, now it's time for the complete and utter eradication of everyone, she said. Edge says that they don't take names and they don't speak lies. Edge said a few might be tired of pretending. He says he can see in their eyes that they are angry. He said, given the state of the world, who can blame them? He told them to grab the bolt of electricity and join their movement. Throw some meaning into your life, some excitement. He said, the other option is to continue to live the purgatory of your existence. He said, more will join Judgment Day. He says his arms are wide open for anyone who will join them and take things to the next level with my genius leading the way. He even invited Styles, Liv Morgan, and Finn Balor to join Judgment Day. He said Styles tries to please everyone. He is used to it, but why? He said the adulation of the fans, though, didn't fulfill him. He said it left him with a body of broken bones in a career that was over before it should have been. He says they can put their past behind them. He told Styles being on top of the mountain is a beautiful place to be. His future can be by their side or laying at their feet. So clearly WWE once again is teasing that there will be more joining Judgment Day. And listen to this story, man. WWE has teased that there will be more individuals, more roster members joining Judgment Day. Who those people will be, I don't know. But WWE fired the fourth member of Judgment Day. Now, no, Tommaso Ciampa wasn't fired. Tommaso Ciampa did not get his release. But WWE fired the fourth member of Judgment Day before he even joined the group. Now, Edge is claiming that more will join. Damian Priest, Rhea Ripley, Tommaso Ciampa is heavily rumored to be the fourth member. But Ringside News reported today that there was another person pitched for the group, but he was fired before they could move forward with these plans. The report noted that Edge had pitched for Parker Boudreaux Harland to be in the group, and this idea was being pushed until the decision was made to release him. It was added that it was still a big mystery to everyone in WWE why he was let go from his contract. Harlan had been touted internally as someone who could become the next Brock Lesnar, but things never panned out that way for him in NXT. He was supposed to be the fourth member of Judgment Day. Harlan's Parker Boudreaux. They paired him with Joe Gacy on NXT. That went nowhere. He looked great doing whatever the fuck he was doing, minus the nails outfit and the fucking Michael Myers vibe they gave him. They had him cut his hair. They had him look nothing like mini Lesnar at all. But they fired him after six months. Six-month look at at Harlan, Parker Boudreaux, and they fired him because he wasn't progressing enough. Meanwhile, he's got almost just as many social media followers as anybody on the WWE roster. Kids blowing up on social media, and he's got so many connections outside of WWE that they never even thought to tap into with Parker Boudreaux. Still to this day, I find it to be very bizarre why he was let go. And I talked about this several times. Parker Boudreaux being fired and coming from his sports background, he was definitely one of the few people, one of the early people to kick off and kickstart their NIL program. The NIL program is WWE's next in line program. This is what they're doing and what they're calling their recruitment process. These are people who are You know, world-renowned for college sports, college athletes, Olympians, cheerleaders, WNBA, amateur football players. They bring them on in after all these other people fail at their original fucking sport. Then they bring them on in, try and produce WWE superstars and make them into WWE superstars. They're looking for the next household name. They're looking for the next WrestleMania main event superstar. Parker Boudreaux was one of the first people to kickstart their NIL program. And I said, well, you let him go. If he wants to wrestle at all, he's going to go wrestle for an AEW. He's going to go wrestle for an MLW. He's going to go wrestle somewhere. Impact, right? He's going to wrestle on the indies. Then you let him go. He goes wrestle somewhere else. He's eventually going to turn into an independent professional wrestler. And then WWE, like typical WWE, they're going to get lazy, they're going to give up on somebody quickly because they don't want to fucking be bothered with bringing him up to speed. Oh, you're not cutting the shit? Let him go. Release him. Cut his payroll. We'll put that money towards somebody else. They're going to send this guy off into the indies if he still wants to wrestle. And then he's going to become an active, independent, professional wrestler. WWE's going to see him grow, see him mature, see him turn into what they expected him to be. And then they're going to want him back. This is WWE's version of Cliff Notes. They like to send somebody somewhere else after firing them, then they want to let a couple years go by, and then they want to show interest when everybody else has a fucking interest in Parker Boudreaux, or anybody for that matter. So he will be an independent professional wrestler, and WWE wants him to grow somewhere else before they can bring him on in and have him do what he needs to do in WWE. But it's going to make a mockery out of the NIL program. Because now, if he wants to wrestle, he will be an independent professional wrestler, and WWE doesn't hire independent professional wrestlers anymore. It's a joke. It's a complete and utter joke. I said this weeks ago, and I still feel the same way. WWE apparently knew ahead of time that Harlan's days were numbered because he was removed from being a part of Joe Gacy's act a couple of weeks before the match releases happened in NXT. A tenured member of the writing team reportedly added, that during the writing process for Edge's segments, they were told that the Harlan situation is something that Vince and Bruce are not talking about with us. So they kept it secret. They kept it secret from everybody else on the writing team. Presumably Harlan would have played a similar role to Omos when he was with AJ Styles. Harlan could have played in a forcer role with limited in-ring action until they felt he was improving enough to wrestle on a regular basis. There's no word on what the future holds for Harland Parker Boudreaux in wrestling, or if he continues to want to be in the business period. It's a joke. It's a complete joke. We, we don't know why his name was brought up for the fourth member of, of judgment day. I am assuming if I was to make a logical guesstimation here, I would assume that edge put in the word and edge is very hands on with who he wants in the group. And if that is the case, which this is what I find ridiculous. If edge Hand chose Harland for the group. Why did Edge see something in Harland and want him a part of the group? But WWE did not. You don't think that Edge has a say in who he wants in Judgment Day? You don't think Edge has creative liberties over everybody else in that fucking company? Edge is one of the elite in that company. He absolutely chose Harlan for Judgment Day. So if he saw something in, in Harland, why didn't WWE see anything in Parker Boudreaux? I don't, I don't understand it. I don't really get it. This is WWE, folks. This is a fucking circus at the end of the day. Fired. I don't know what he's going to do, but I wish him the best. I really do. So we got this match. AJ Styles and Finn Balor with Liv Morgan on the outside with uh, all of the Judgment Day shit behind them versus Los Lotharios. This is Humberto and Angel Garza. That a kiss cam that was very cringe tonight. I don't know who it was. It didn't really jump out at me who it was. They usually get independent women, professional wrestlers, to play this stupid role of the kiss cam. She acted all fucking crazy and lovey dovey with Humberto and Angel kissing her. It was very cringe, very very cringe kiss cam. Angel and Humberto are controlled the match. We go to commercial break early. Balor got a hot tag. AJ Styles was being beaten down. He gets the hot tag. Balor went for a shotgun drop kick on Angel. Angel caught him, though, with a super kick. Humberto tried going off the top rope with something. I don't know what he was going for, but Balor got his legs up, and Humberto took a huge bump. Popped up, landed flat back on the mat, looked really good. Styles took out Angel with a phenomenal forearm, while Balor hit Humberto with a coup de grace for the win. Morgan did the 2 sweet with Balor and Styles after the match, which I'm assuming now this is all but confirmed we will be getting a six-person tag team match at Hell in a Cell. It will be Edge, Rhea Ripley, and Damian Priest versus AJ Styles, Finn Balor, and Liv Morgan. Whether or not they put it inside Hell in a Cell, that remains to be seen, but we will see what happens going into the pay-per-view. But we're getting a six-person tag team match, no question between all involved in this storyline. Shad Gable continues to kill it. On this show, one of the best things about Monday Night Raw, no question, is Shad Gable. Shad Gable and Otis approached Kevin Owens backstage. He said, they have the results of the DNA test for Ezekiel. Owens ripped open the envelope in excitement and read the results. Owens said the results were contaminated by what appeared to be barbecue sauce on the samples. Otis said, Elias must have eaten pulled pork before sending in the results. Owen said he remembered seeing Otis eating barbecue ribs in catering. And here I am, folks, talking about catering as if it's some fucking joke, and WWE is showing you exactly what it is that we talk about here on the show being legit. So tonight it was revealed. This may be the second most important information that you guys may have all night. Titus was serving Memphis barbecue ribs tonight in catering seriously you're tightest that we got ribs here in the venue man all right they're, they're pumping out of the kitchen all right good so you guys want you guys want the ribs in the venue man he's got them. he's got to go go place your orders man last call's coming up soon you better you better go place your fucking orders for barbecue ribs now barbecue ribs in catering you believe this shit gable says they can take another approach ko yelled no more tests They never work. He told Gable that Elias is making him look like an idiot. Gable said, "That you really? WWE creative makes us all look like fucking idiots every single Monday. Gable said he'll expose Elias next week, but this week he's going to beat the truth out of him. KO wore a Sami Zayn Forever t-shirt because he loves Sami Zayn. Who doesn't love Sami Zayn? WWE has nowhere to go with this Elias shit. This is Ezekiel's shit. I love the banter back and forth between between Chad Gable and Kevin Owens. I think they're fantastic. The on-screen chemistry with these two is great. But this storyline, let's be real, folks, it's gone nowhere. It's going nowhere. Why would anybody be excited about this shit? It's run its course. And WWE, they don't have an ending for it because they don't know how to. They gave you something that was funny for a couple weeks, and now they're struggling to find a fucking way out of it, and they don't have a way out of it. It's fucking hilarious, man. What a goddamn circus. What a goddamn circus this is. Alexa Bliss. My God. Alexa Bliss makes her way down the aisle. New theme music and all, man. It sucks. Alexa's theme music is fucking garbage. I don't know what they did. Some like fucking emo punk band that they have backing her music now. All right, maybe it's her favorite band. Well, who's her favorite band? Anybody in the chat know who Alexa Bliss's favorite band is? Who is it? Of Mice and Men? Who the fuck is it, man? It's one of these fucking bands that's just fucking, uh, you know, the, the fucking lead singer's got fucking mohawks and wears a thousand fucking piercings and got fucking tattoos all over the place, and he plays and sings like a fucking pussy. That's who she listens to. She's got new theme music. She walks down the aisle with Lily the Doll, And she is absolutely cringe. Absolutely cringe as a babyface, man. She's waving, right? She's waving there, smiling. You know, uh, Vince McMahon has uh, Raquel Gonzalez. Bowling for Soup is her favorite band. Oh, my goodness. Holy shit. Bowl that fucking bowling ball right between my fucking thighs, man. Fucking see, right? Much rather have that happen than watch this fucking show and Alexa Bliss come out as a babyface, man. Oh, my goodness. How many emo heads did I trigger out there, man? I'm sorry. I prefer actual talent playing guitar and singing in front of me, man. Why don't you go listen to Michael Romeo and Symphony X? One of the best bands ever. That's my type of jam right there, man. They were fucking incredible. Live last week at Irving Plaza in New York City, man. Oh, my goodness. Fucking great. Anyway. Alexa Bliss. Smiling, waving, right? They got Raquel Gonzalez out there. <laughs> They got got Alexa Bliss smiling like Raquel Gonzalez out there, man. Ridiculous. She's out there with Lily the Doll. She's shaking hands and, you know, high-fiving people, right? Another match with Sonya Deville. Another match with Sonya Deville. Like, we didn't get enough of this shit last week. Last week's match went 60 seconds. This one got three minutes added to last week's match. We got four minutes tonight, folks. We got four minutes tonight with Sonya Deville and Alexa Bliss, man. Sonya came out. And she took control quickly with a chin lock. And Bliss broke free, obviously. DeVille connected with a running knee. DeVille tried to remove a turnbuckle cover to cheat. Ref stopped her. DeVille landed a spine buster. Referee was trying to retie the buckle. DeVille was upset when Bliss kicked out of a pinfall attempt. Bliss came back with a quick DDT and a win. One, two, three, and Alexa Bliss wins. In four minutes, Sonia yelled at the referee after the match. She slapped the referee. She's not a management official anymore. She's a WWE superstar. So I'm assuming she's going to be Doc Pay, suspended, what have you. But to me, it looks like Sonya Deville may be on her way out of WWE. I feel like she has a phone call from Johnny Lauren coming very soon. No, no doubt about it. It just feels like Sonya Deville is being buried for no reason. What's the direction of Sony Deville's character? Unemployment. That's what I feel is coming next. Cody. Holy shit. Something that we can finally sink our teeth into on tonight's show. Cody. Cody Rhodes. WWE had this big counter from the top of the hour. Cody Rhodes will be showing up at 10 o'clock. WWE's got to find ways to keep people invested in the show because they know they're being destroyed by everything else on TV But then people will be quick to use those other forms of television, those other shows, the NBA playoffs or fucking Survivor or whatever the fuck is on Monday night, right? They'll use all that shit as excuse as to why Monday Night Raw is down in the ratings. WWE is not, not in any position to be given the out by using these types of excuses. AEW, I'll use these excuses for WWE, I'm not using the NBA fucking playoffs as a reason for Monday Night Raw sinking in the ratings. Record lows in the ratings is Monday Night Raw. Cody, he comes out, big entrance. He's got the microphone cutting a big time promo. Here's Cody Rhodes, the roadster. Cody says he has been told that Seth Rollins was not here this evening. Oh, I'm heartbroken. He said although he is surrounded by lovers in Virginia and millions watching at home, he said at least he hopes Seth is listening. He said he tried to move forward last week and extinguish this chapter in his career, but Seth poured gasoline on the flame. He said Cody said he'd never take away anything from him ever again. He asked what it is he is looking to take away from Seth. Why did he lose two matches, a winning bonus, a momentary spotlight, He said he didn't dilute his legacy or cross a line. He said, if anything, the biggest threat to Seth Rollins isn't him, but probably Seth himself. He says he's trapped in a pandemonium purgatory of his own design and is dead set on pulling him in with him. Cody said, they want to take a memory and go down memory lane and stroll back to 2012. He says he arrived all shielded up. I was one of the bitter boys in the locker room. He said within a few years, he climbed the ladder and shattered the glass shield. He says he won his way to the top, but his story is a little different. He says he didn't need to win that much until recently. He says he lost and scratched and clawed and painted his face with a smile, dead inside, looking up at the lights most nights. But the thing is, I endured. You learn so much from your loss. You learn how to live, how to love, how to adapt and how to reinvent yourself. He said the number one thing he learned is that he will never be the American dream, so why not embrace the nightmare? We got loud Cody Rhodes chance tonight. Cody says he lost his way to the top. What this comes down to truly is Seth Rollins' embarrassment over losing two matches outweighing his quest for vindication. He said, everyone in the arena knows what it's like to get a second chance, and you don't take that for granted. He said if Seth intends on denying him that second chance, he'll have to kill him. And I'm going to give you the chance. I say we run it back. Lock all that angst in here and leave it all on the mat. Inside hell in a cell. We all knew this was the direction that they were going. Seth appeared on the big screen laughing. Ha ha ha, Seth Rollins cackling like Seth Rollins can only laugh. He said, Cody tried to steal his spotlight at WrestleMania. He then cheated to win a Backlash. He said, then all it took was one stomp on a table for him to demand another go around in a cell. He said, Cody must be stupider than he looks. He said, it's the biggest mistake he's made in his life because everyone who has stepped inside the cell with him has been changed forever. That may be a shoot, to be honest with you. That may be a shoot. Just look at Bray Wyatt. Changed forever. Completely killed the Fiend character. He accepted the challenge and said he'll exploit every one of his insecurities and expose him for the fraud he believes Cody is. Hell in a Cell. I'll see you in hell is what Cody Rhodes said to end the segment. Should be a fantastic match. I'm looking forward to it. What's on the line? Nothing. Cody will win the third match and Cody will move on and continue his quest to the World Championship. Cody Rhodes cannot lose the match at Hell in a Cell. I want you guys to understand that. Fucking engrave that shit in your skulls. Seth Rollins does not need a victory here. Seth Rollins and whatever the fuck he's doing is irrelevant. Cody Rhodes needs to continue to win. Simple. Chad Gable. Chad Gable with Ezekiel. We got this match going uh, 11 minutes. Why it went 11 minutes? I have no fucking idea. No idea why this match went 11 minutes. Ezekiel beat Chad Gable. Ezekiel was on offense when Otis leveled him outside. Nothing really exciting happened in this match. Otis got involved. Gable distracted the ref. Elias, let's be real, it's Elias. He made his comeback in the match a little bit thereafter. Big lifting knee strike for two. Gable followed with a moonsault off the top for two. Ezekiel hit a stinger splash before knocking Otis off the apron. Gable tried a cradle, but Ezekiel countered into a cradle of his own while hooking the neck, hooking the leg. One, two, three, and Ezekiel gets the pinfall over Chad Gable. Great. Who gives a shit? Nothing of it really mattered at all. Asuka. Asuka cut one of the most cringe promos of the entire year, man. Asuka cut a promo backstage, acting like her geeky, fucking nerd-like self, cringe-like self, saying she's ready, and she's ready for Becky, but Bianca is not ready for Asuka. Dancing along the way, and she's struggling to fucking speak. It sucks. It, It honestly just sucks. We got a backstage segment with Tamina and R-Truth. R-Truth was around. He was trying to find Tozawa to serve him divorce papers. Truth found him in a trash can. Tozawa yelled as he read the papers out loud. Tana Brooke then thanked Truth for serving Reggie with those papers. Truth said starting and ending her marriage was a pleasure. He found great pleasure in ending their marriage. Truth said, though, he needs his 24-7 title back. He needs his baby back. Dana shoved him and ran away because he was making advances towards Dana Brooke in the 24-7 title. So, Dana shoved him. You pushed a preacher, says R-Truth. Dana bumped into Carmella. Dana apologized. Carmella did not accept the apology of Dana Brooke. Why would she? It's Dana Brooke. You're a sorry excuse of a competitor and a wife, she said. Carmella said, unlike her, your husband can't get enough, or her husband can't get enough of her. She said she was relevant and Dana is not. Dana then said last time that she was relevant, she was with the chinless guy on SmackDown. Truth then came back and he was surprised to see Carmella there. Dana ran away. Truth asked Carmella to help him get his baby back. She said, Truth, I'll help you get you 24 7 title back when the time is right, but I want to get Dana first. This shit sucks. All of it just sucked. I don't know why it's on TV. They did this for five minutes, but they gave Finn Balor, AJ Styles, and the Los Lotharios fucking what? Five minutes? Come on. Give me a fucking break. We got the main event happening here. We got Belair out there. And she is... Oh, actually, no, I'm sorry. I'm skipping ahead. I should have really skipped ahead. Lacey Evans was out there. We got a fucking Lacey Evans promo, folks. My God, man. You guys are so fucking excited, man. Maybe I should have really skipped the Lacey Evans segment. Mike Rome is out there. My God, I was cringing with Mike Rome speaking. Mike Rome introduced her. She's a mother. She's a wife. She's a daughter, a United States Marine, and WWE superstar. Please welcome Lacey Evans. Jesus fucking Christ. Can you force this shit down our throats any harder, Bruce? This shit is bombing, and it's bringing a fucking smile to my face, man. I love it. Lacey's out there. She's got terrible theme music. This fucking patriotic theme music. You think fucking Lex Luger's coming out there with the Lex Express, getting ready to fucking body slam Yokozuna on the fucking USS Intrepid. Lacey's music fades away. She's in the ring with a microphone. She said she wanted to say she admires and respects the men and women of the armed forces and how they volunteer their time and life to protect the country. She asked everyone to get off your ass and get on your feet to give them a round of applause with me. We got a USA chant ringing out. Very weak USA chant, by the way. She yelled, hell yeah! At this point, I just wanted to fucking turn the TV off. She thanked fans for the warm welcome That she is now on Raw. She asked where fellow military members are in the crowd. She thanked them for everything that they do for the country. She said, finding the courage to fight is hard. And finding the courage to change your circumstances in life to be successful is also hard. She said tonight she will show her two beautiful baby girls that they can do it. And that they have what it takes inside to wake up, work, and win. She said she might not be better than the other superstars in the locker room, but they are, sure, no better than her. She raised her arms and thanked everybody as the segment ended. Absolutely fucking cringe. Lacey Evans needs to be taken off TV immediately. I can't stand this shit, man. This all sounds so fucking forced. And if it's real, which I assume it is, it just sounds so unrealistic. It sounds so unrealistic, man. Nobody could be that positive. Nobody wants to hear somebody be that positive. Nobody. Nobody. That's why nobody watches Denise. So many fucking positive positive thoughts on this show. Nobody gives a fuck about positivity. Nobody wants to be fucking subjected to so much positivity, man. They want realism. This is not real. This is a figment of your fucking imagination. This is not real life. I'm sorry. This is not real life. Get this shit off my fucking television and get her the fuck off my TV. She is so garbage. I I want her gone. She hasn't even fucking come back yet. Awful. Absolutely fucking terrible. I don't know which is worse. This or fucking hee. He, 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 he fucking smiling Raquel Guns Gonzalez on SmackDown. I can't tell. Can't tell. Bianca Belair makes her way down the aisle because everybody's got to sit ringside for the fucking main event, right? Oscar and Becky Lynch. This is a number one contenders match. Number one contenders match for Bianca Belair at the Hell in a Cell pay-per-view. Folks, we got, we got this match. We got this match with 20 minutes to spare. 20 minutes. Asuka made, or Bianca Belair entered at 10.40, okay? We go to commercial break. Asuka comes down the aisle at 10.47. Why? Bianca Belair walked down the aisle at 10.40. Then they show a fucking recap of Lashley and Omos. Why? Why? Who cares? Who cares? Then we got Oscar making her way down the aisle at 10.47. The match begins at 10.49. Becky and Oscar made their entrance at 10.47. The match begins with 11 minutes before the top of the hour. Commercial break at 10.50. We get back and we get six minutes of the match on TV. It is fucking ridiculous. Ridiculous. This match should have went 15 minimum. And WWE gives us six minutes. This shit sucks. They exchange cradles back and forth before Oscar kicked Lynch in the head. Asuka followed up with some more kicks a German suplex, a sliding knee. Oscar reversed a manhandle slam and, uh, in, into an arm drag, but Lynch caught her in between the ropes and a diving leg drop for two, which looked fucking sloppy as hell. After a couple of counters and a couple of cradles, Oscar caught Lynch in an Oscar lock. Lynch flipped over into a cover for a two. Another counter, which led Asuka applying an arm bar, but Lynch got the bottom rope. Lynch rolled to the outside. And this is why I hate the champion or whoever is in a feud sitting at ring. Why are you sitting at ringside? Why do you need to be out there? I don't get it. This is typical WWE because they're fucking stupid. They don't know how to change for the better. Bianca Belair sitting out there. Why is she sitting out there? Because she's going to get involved in the fucking match. So she's sitting out there, Becky Lynch rolls to the outside, she starts instigating with Bianca Belair, daring Belair to hit her, because if she hits Becky, then Becky wins by DQ. Such a heel thing to do, right? It's fucking garbage. So, Becky Lynch dares Belair to hit her. Belair did not do that because she's smart enough to know. Oscar went outside, but Lynch pushed her into Belair. So Belair got attacked because Becky threw Asuka into Belair. So Belair jumped on the ring apron. Lynch used the distraction to grab Asuka's umbrella that was on the outside. Lynch tried to hit Asuka with it, but Asuka sprayed the green mist in her face and she legitimately looked like Gollum. I see you, Bruce. I see you. Becky Lynch wants to do my little hobbitses. And she looked like fucking Gollum because she got sprayed with the green mist. By Asuka, and this was it. One, two, three, and Asuka is getting the championship match at Hell in a Cell against Bianca Belair. Maybe it'll go more than four fucking minutes. We'll see. This show sucks. This show was an utter, complete waste of time. Nothing of importance happened on this show. I'm lucky that Sasha Banks walked out of the fucking show tonight because it made for a very entertaining Monday Night Raw post show. But I will tell you this. I didn't mention this before. Sasha Banks actively changed the, the women's championship match at the pay-per-view. WWE, and this is all I'll say before we get to the Super Chats, you guys are more than welcome to hang out, man. We got 3,400 people in here. I, I want you guys to stay around, man. Let's continue the party into the Super Chat portion. But Sasha Banks actively changed Vince McMahon's plan for the Hell in a Cell Women's Championship match on Monday Night Raw. I, I, I don't know how you can't support this woman. WWE wanted to use Naomi in a filler role, right? She wanted Naomi to win this match and Sasha lose along the way in this six-pack challenge. She wanted to book Naomi versus Bianca Belair in a filler match at Hell in a Cell so that Bianca Belair could save Asuka and Becky Lynch for the big stadium shows, right? Or maybe do a triple threat match, what have you. Sasha Banks actively changed the Raw Women's Championship match at Hell in a Cell and forced Vince's hand to give away one of the major matches at one of the stadium shows at Hell in a Cell and forced him to change up the plan that he had envisioned for the Raw Women's Championship, man. That's what I call a fucking boss. Seriously, I think that's fucking great. I find that to be absolutely hilarious. I really do. Thank you guys so much for joining me on Off The Script for this Monday Night Raw post show, man. We killed it tonight. I appreciate you guys. I love you guys. Hit that subscribe button down below. Turn on the bell for all notifications. Make sure you guys hit that join button. Become a VIP right here on Off The Script. Get those Super Chats in. It's last call. We're going to go over and hang out with the Super Chats coming on in in just a second. Go check out all the other videos that you might have missed on the channel. Tons of it off the script was live last night with the off the scripts main podcast episode 430 of the show last night live talking about MJF will MJF be the new head of the table in WWE. MJF seemingly walking out of AEW when his contract is over if he is to be believed we'll talk about that the concept for the money in the bank match being changed. And so much more, man. Go and check that out live on the channel right now if you guys want more content courtesy of the podcast. And today's show is sponsored by Audible, audibletrial.com, slash off the scripts. Make sure you guys go get your 30 days free of their service and one free audiobook of your choice. Let's start at the top, guys. Joseph Taylor with a... super chat. Why don't you like Denise Salceda? I just said it before, man. (laughs) Too much smiling, man. Too much smiling, too much fakeness, too much positivity, man. Nobody's real over in that that, uh, corner of the IWC, man. Nobody's real. Nobody's real. You want real, you come here. Michelle Moran with a $2 super chat. Edges group. Bruce AJ is like Brian vs. Wyatt family. I could see that. I could absolutely see that. Tony Brown with two 49 super chats. He says, goddess meat. You know what, Tony Brown? It looks like it looks like it looks like Alexa Bliss has lost some booty meat, bro. I don't know. She went from grade A to maybe uh I don't know. I don't know, so-so, but I know you like your uh, your booty meat, Tony Brown. I think there's a lot better that WWE offers on that. Seriously, Oscar got a Hulk money shot. I must have missed that. I didn't see that. But let's get uh, let's get Tony Brown on Wednesday, man. We got some booty meat happening on Wednesday. I'm sure AEW Dynamite's always coming through with the booty meat. Kenley Pierre with a 4.99 super Chat. AJD WWE. We'll get MJF soon. And AEW will have Sasha Banks. Who wins the trade if those two wrestlers switch? Give me an honest opinion. WWE. MJF is just too valuable, man. MJF is going to go on to have legendary status in this, in this industry. That's so how good he is. Joseph Taylor with a $5 super chat. Dave reported Sasha Naomi gave the titles to Laurinaitis and walked out. We talked about it at the top, Joseph Taylor. We talked about it at the top of the hour. Jacob Donnelly with a $5 super chat. As if we couldn't find another reason to love Sasha Banks more. You know it, brother. Cheers to that, man. We all love Sasha Banks over here. And the great thing is, her husband knows that too. Grim with a $5 Super Chat. Really proud of Sasha and Naomi. This was a long time coming. Does she stay in wrestling or go to Hollywood? Vince is a cuck. OTS, baby. Grimm I love you, bro. We're all proud of Sasha Banks and Naomi, man. The Jay Caleb Show. Thanks and Naomi dropping the belts in the trash on Dynamite. LOL. I love to see it. My God, man. Can you imagine the tears flowing down the E drone's cheek at that point? Oh, my goodness. I'd be there with my glasses on and my cold beverage, man, laughing. Laughing to the high heavens. I'd be laughing. We got a $5 super chat from Tone Mooney. During Naomi's Hot 97 interview, there came a point where she looked very uncomfortable in talking about WWE management. That place is hell, OTS for life. Oh, I know, man. Naomi has been such a professional. But this broke her, man. This and and Sasha Banks, all this broke them. Seriously. Naomi was about to get a championship match at a pay-per-view, one-on-one with Bianca Belair. And she walked out in support of her friend. You can't teach that, man. I'm sure Naomi's got a lot of stories about WWE management. That's going to be a Talk is Jericho podcast for the ages, man. RB065 with a $2 super chat. I am playing Halloween. I want out for the girls. It's a good one, bro. It's a good one. Reverend Davy Thompson with a $5 super chat. What are they going to do with the Women's Tag Team Championships? I say burn them. Bro, honestly, I've been saying this for years, man. Just fucking bury them. Just burn them. Give them to me. I'll fucking burn them in the streets right outside the house, man. I'll fucking piss out the flames. It'll go viral. Polo Graham with a $5 super chat. Vince is the first inductee into the Sasha Banks Kiss My Ass Club. Did I mention OTS for life? You certainly did, brother. Aaron King with a $3 super chat. New venue drink idea. Orton's RK Old Fashioned. Listen, bro, I got a fucking meeting with DV8 Designs coming up, man. We're designing the beer garden for the summer. That may be on the menu. The RK Bro Fashion. Yeah. Oh, they may be broken up at that point, man. We may have to keep it RKO. I like your idea, man. Aaron King, shout out to you, brother. And I love me a good old fashioned. I do. Issa knows. I, I owe her for that, and Destiny as well. I didn't forget. Uh, Gary Newman, four-dollar super chat. E-drones turned faster than Cavs turned on James. Yeah, that fuck the e-drones, man. They're fucking garbage. The e-drones are the dumbest fucking fans of any of any of any team. Seriously, they are awful. Harold Warren with a $10 super chat. To be very blunt, the WWE women's division has been nothing more than a dumpster fire with or without Sasha Banks. I'm just saying. Uh, I agree with you, bro. The women's division is completely fucking disastrous. Seriously. Um, What I find funny is that Becky Lynch, you know, she spoke so highly of the Women's division, and WWE has been booking it like shit for a very, very long time, and nobody seems to pick up on this. I can only hope it gets better, man. People still want, you know, people still are crying for a Revolution 2 or Evolution. What is it, Evolution? Evolution 2? All women's pay per view? Nobody gives a fuck. WWE doesn't even give a shit about women's wrestling enough to book a fucking all women's pay per view. Ridiculous. Thank you, Gary, the new man. And uh, Harold Warren, man. I appreciate you guys. Etan Davidson with a Canadian $10 Super Chat. WWE got rid of Bray, who was their biggest merch seller. Why wouldn't they get rid of someone who insulted the narcissistic Vince? You know, funny thing with that is I do think Bray will be back, though. For some strange reason, man, I feel like Bray will be back. And no, they're not afraid to fire uh they're not afraid to fire anybody. The only one that the only ones that are safe are Edge, Randy Orton, AJ Styles, I'd say, is in that that list. Edge, Randy Orton, AJ, Roman, and Brock. That's it. And Drew McIntyre, I put in there as well. Captain Solo at $5 Super Chat, the East Shills, Bischoff, Booker T, Disco Inferno, and Conan are going to crucify Sasha and Naomi. All four of them are trash. Someone keeps telling me that Conan wants me on his show, man. That, some, someone, that someone said Conan said that he wants to invite me on to uh, Keeping It 100. I would never go over there, man. I don't need his fucking audience. Who the fuck wants to go over there, man? I pull I pull more numbers doing my solo show than I would fucking uh, doing with anybody. Probably pull pull more numbers on on you. I know I pull more numbers on YouTube than fucking Conan. They all suck, man. All of them. They they, they just they just shill the e because they know they make their money by shitting on AEW, man. There's a core audience that just loves to hear that type of shit. Neb with a 199 super chat. Appreciate the ranch, That You got me fired up. That's what we do here, bro. That's what we do here, man. Trevor Spinelli, what's up, Trevor? 499 super chat. Lastly, he's giving Omas an almighty challenge next week. Oh my god, what, what what's the challenge? Well, what's the fu- what, what what else could we fucking do with these two guys? Hopefully, I'll see you soon. Definitely at Grand Slam in the summer. Hope all is well. I may be in Chicago for uh, Forbidden Door. I'm just waiting on my press passes from uh, my boss man, TK. Furious Nation with a $20 super chat. I know I haven't been able to do super chats for a while. And that's because I've been working crazy lately from 5.30 to 2. Hope you understand that I'm still and always will care, man. Listen, bro, you don't got to explain nothing to me, man. You go make your fucking money. You go make your money, bro. We're going to be here no matter what, bro. Me, Wilson, with a 1999 Super Chat. This is why Sasha Banks is my favorite female wrestler. I stand with her. She has the guts to stand up and give the finger to creative. Hope Sasha doesn't get punished. Sasha doesn't need WWE. WWE needs Sasha. I'm glad you agree with me, Me, Wilson. We all love Sasha over here. It's about time somebody had the balls to stand up and just do what the... Do the right thing, man, and do what is necessary to get your point across. These people will never fucking learn. Justin Strippen with a 999 Super Chats. Wrestle Votes tweeted that someone pitched an idea of having a steel cage match with the ring collapsing. That got shut down. If that happened, wouldn't the cage structure fall on them too? Yes. I don't know who pitched that idea, but... I think the ring collapsing has been done to death and it's not special anymore. Furious Nation with a $10 super chat. Also, I know this happened two weeks ago, but my grandparents' dog sadly passed away at 17 years old. I'm sorry to hear that, brother. My thoughts and prayers to you and your family, man. That's a devastating loss. They are every part of your family, man. I know my two cats are myself, Bailey and Bacardi. I don't know what I'd do without him, man. Sheriff Rivers with a $5 Super Chat. Garza responded to me after I said they the gimmick will not get over. Listen, man, I love Garza, man. Garza follows me on Twitter. I'm a big fan of Garza. I think he's being heavily underutilized, man. Him and Humberto. Him and Humberto, man. WWE should really build the tag team division around them, man. They could be solid acts there. They don't give a shit. Justin Stripling with a 999 Super Chat. I fully support Sasha Banks and Naomi walking out and calling out Vince and WWE for their terrible creative booking. I really hope all the wrestlers follow suit and do what Sasha and Naomi did tonight. Bro, this is a one-time occurrence, man. You're not going to see that happen all that often. Everybody, they, they got no balls, bro. They got no balls. Sasha's got some big balls, man. For a female, she's got some big balls. I appreciate that. A couple of brickheads with a 199 super chat. Sasha is taking her talents back to Star Wars. I hope so. I'm not a Star Wars fan, but I hope so, for her sake. Angel Alaga with a $75 super chat. What is going on, Angel? Shout out to you, brother. JD, you couldn't be more right about Sasha and Naomi leaving because of WWE's horrible booking, he says. Cheers to you, man. Shout out to Angel in the chat. Let me see those cocktail glass emojis in the chat. Omega Kong with a $5 super chat. Well, I changed the channel to play FIFA 22 instead of watching Raw. More fun. I don't blame you, bro. I don't blame you at all, man. I'm not a big FIFA guy, but uh, you give me a PlayStation and Destiny 2, man. I'm all over it, bro. Lauren Marie Hutton with a $5 super chat can't blame Sasha for walking out she deserves to be the focus of the women's division Cody continues to be the best thing on Raw Joseph Taylor with a $2 super chat team bad forever he says Captain Solo with a $2 super chat Z, have you tried Stone Cold's beer yes I don't like the IPA and I have not had the American lager I am not an American lager type of guy man I like my Belgian quads and my Belgian golden ales, man. Hoyt Reynaldo would have won either night super chat. Does the Sasha Naomi walkout affect the Usos? No, it does not. It will not affect the Usos because the Usos directly affect Roman Reigns. And WWE will do nothing to directly affect Roman Reigns. Lauren Marie Hutton with a $2 super chat. Naomi joining the bloodline. RK bro to face Roman. No and no. Wrestling DVD geek with a one ninety nine super chat. I don't think Sasha resigns with WWE after this. I don't think Sasha resigns, period. I, I I don't think she was resigning, period, even before this. Chakra Rasta with a $5 super chat. J.D., you the goat at this YouTube thing. I'm an upcoming YouTuber. What's three ways to grow my YouTube channel? Bro, I wish I could fucking tell you, man. I get this question asked so often. I, I really don't know anymore. I'm not even growing the way that I should be growing. I grow, but... I mean, when you got fucking content creators in the YouTube community, man, and, and you know, the WW2K community that that appeal to fucking six-year-olds... I'm clearly doing something wrong. They make content for fucking babies, man. It sucks. I don't know what the fuck I'm doing wrong. We got almost 4,000 fucking people tonight, I'll tell you that. We did something right tonight. We did something right tonight, man. When news breaks, when the news breaks, Off the Script is the place to be, man. Bradley Robinette with a 199 super chat. I side with Sasha and Naomi. Fuck WWE create. Coiled Phoenix with a $5 super chat. AJD just seen WWE banter official statement on Sasha and Naomi walking out tonight. Have you seen it yet? Coiled, we talked about it. We talked about it at the top. I don't believe it at all. I do not believe... Yeah, Issa, it sucks for us grumps, I know. I know all about it. Yeah, I don't believe that statement, Coil. I think uh whatever WWE put out in that statement is fucking complete bullshit. It's a crock of shit. Anyway, guys, I am getting out of here, man. I am going to hop in the shower, take a hot shower. Play some Destiny. And get myself ready for tomorrow, man. We got uh a long work day ahead of us tomorrow. Follow me on social media, guys. That's JD from NY206. That's Twitter and Instagram. Hit that subscribe button down below. Turn on the bell for all notifications. Go check out Off The Script 430 live on the channel right now. Excellent, excellent podcast from last night. If you guys missed it live. Hit that thumbs up, man. We got 1,600 likes tonight. Oh, my goodness. $2 2 Super Chat, Jade Cargill's first loss is Sasha Banks, Scorpio 1117. No, sir. Guys, I'll see you tomorrow night. We'll be live on YouTube tomorrow night. WW2K22 continues. I need those guitar emojis in the chat. My VIPs, I need those Mustangs, and I need that fucking music on max for Sasha Banks. I'll see you guys tomorrow night live on YouTube with WW2K22 right here on Off The Scrap. I'll see you guys later.